Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. What may I get for you this evening? I think I'll... I'll order for us. We will split the absolute perfection, um, but instead of anxiety, could I get a flawless side of raised expectations, please? Of course. And how would you like your circumstances? Micromanaged? Micromanaged. Oh, and please tell the chef that no matter how Willie prepares it, I'll still be dissatisfied. Will do. Oh, and can we get some 38% shinier silverware? Yes, sir. What a close to, but not quite perfect evening. Good morning, Center Point. Come on, let's give God some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of y'all surrender? How many of you willing to surrender? Uh, last week, you know, Jason started the series off by allowing us to understand what the sum total of our choices are. And that's driven by purpose over popularity. And when we do allow purpose to change us, it changes everything. If you missed it, make sure you get a copy of it. And next week, uh, as you know, Jason Gibson from Henderson, Tennessee, he will be coming to lead the marriage retreat, but also talk about what it means to choose love over hate. And I thought about that, you know, during the political cycle, there was a big slogan, love trumps hate, you know. But, you know, how many of y'all really know that love is the answer? Amen. Praise God. So the challenges that comes within our marriages on how we choose to love It can redefine our relationship. But today, I have the awesome privileges to share to you about surrender over control. And many of us, we like to be in total control, right? I'm an ex-military man, so I know about a little about control. 27 years in the Air Force, so I know just a tad skeet about control. Amen. Hallelujah. But I also know that for us to be able to move forward in our lives, we must be willing to surrender. We must be willing to surrender. The worship song that was just sung, the ability to come to a point in your life to say, you know what, I'm willing to let it go. We can't move forward if we're not willing to let it go. We cannot do that. So what would you say? How many of y'all control freaks out there? All right, let's see some hands. Let's see some. Or how do? Or who do you know who is a control freak? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So people want to be controlled, right? People, we want control. There's something about that's in us. We just want to be in control. Or am I talking to myself? Or am I looking myself in the mirror when I say I just want to be in control? Maybe it's work. My way or the highway. Maybe that supervisor, if it's not done their way, you can't do anything right. Maybe it's in the home. Everything has its place. Nothing can be out of place. That's how I was. Amen. My kids, they used to tease me. I'm so in control. Maybe I have a little bit of OCD. I don't know. Maybe it's me in control. They would throw something on the floor, and as soon as I walked in the door, it was like I had radar. Something was out of place because I had to be in control. My wife was telling me, you know, James, even when it came to washing clothes, you just wouldn't let me be your wife. You had to be in control because the way 
the military taught me my t-shirts had to be in six inch squares. She would fold them and I would unfold them and fold them into those six inch square. I had to be in control. I was a control freak. Maybe it's people. You enjoy micromanaging people. If it's not my way, then it has, can't be nobody else's way. Everyone's got their thing. Maybe it's the kitchen. How many of y'all like the kitchen in control? How many of y'all like the kitchen to be the way the kitchen is? I have a good friend visiting today. Me and her is always uh, messing with each other. Lisa, she thinks she's the cook. I'm the real cook. Amen. Praise God. She's going to show me up in the kitchen. Amen. Because it's about who's in control of the kitchen. Maybe your spouse gets something out of space and the other spouse goes nuts. Maybe it's the dirty clothes that are not in the hamper. Maybe it's the toothpaste that's not rolled up right, amen, praise God. <laughs> Maybe it's the toothpaste. You know, you're not, you know, you know I, oh man, it can't be in the middle of the tube. It has to be all the way up at the top. It's in control. Don't care about the kitchen men. What about us? Our garages, our tools. It was my trains. Don't mess with my trains or don't mess with my DVDs. Don't mess with them. They have to be alphabetized. Everything has to be right. Schedules. How many is controlled by your schedule? If it's not on my calendar, let me tell you, I'm sorry. If it's not on my calendar, I'm sorry. It has to be on my calendar. It has to be in that smartphone. It has to be in our outlook. It has to be somewhere it, because if it's not on my schedule, it does not exist. Maybe it's the temperature in the house. Oh, my Lord. Now, my mom would fit this one. Amen. Praise God. I love her to death. Amen. Praise God. Or what about the TV? Who has the remote and what's on? Who has the remote in the house? Who has the remote? Let me see. Who has the remote? Who, who, who controls the remote? And who always must drive on those trips? I was stationed in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We, my grandfather passed away here in Kentucky. We left Cheyenne early in the morning. My wife did not drive at all. I made it back to Kentucky in almost 15 hours. And my kid's like, are you going to stop? No, I'm not going to stop because I'm in control. I'm in control. All the trips, all this military family that we have, all the trips that we went on, my wife never drove <laughs> because I had to be in control. I had to be in control. But maybe some of us have so much control that we've edged out God in our lives. Maybe we want to control it so much that we have no room for God to put his input in it. One of the most quoted scriptures in, in the Bible is coming out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's look at it together. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to God and he will make your paths straight. Submit to God. Surrender. Trusting and submitting to God moves us from control to surrender. If you're taking notes, 
Shake that down. Trusting and submitting to God moves us from control to surrender. The first point I want to make is the more we try to control, the more we are afraid of losing control. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Come on. Come on. The more we try to control, the more we are afraid of losing control. And I don't want to get ahead of myself before I start talking about my, my testimony. But the more I try to control, I was afraid of losing control. I was afraid. I was afraid of losing control. The more James tried to control it, I didn't want nobody else to control it. So I was afraid. The second point is the more we are afraid, the more we try to control. It's a cycle of fear. And I lived in fear for years. I lived in fear. I was a slave to fear. So the more I try to control, the more fearful I came. And fear enables control. Fear. Maybe it was afraid of somebody finding out about your secret sin. Maybe it was fear that I did have an abortion. Maybe it was fear that I was abused. Maybe it was a fear that I did drugs. Maybe it was fear, that cycle of fear of trying to keep control. And what ends up happening is control gone bad. I mean, I tried everything. I had to maintain control of my image, of who I looked like who Sergeant Hun was, who Minister Hun was, and who Daddy Hun was. It had to be controlled. I had to control the image. I had to control that image. And I want to use a passage of Scripture to allow us to see this in Scripture, found in Genesis 16. We see these people, Abraham, Sarah, and they end up blessed. He ended up being the father of many nations. But before they got there, they felt like they had to take something in to their own hands and to control it. So let's read it. Genesis 16, 1 through 4. Genesis 16, 1 through 4. Passage of Scripture. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Wait a minute. Now, I don't know in today's culture how many wives would actually encourage their husbands to go sleep with another woman. But it's interesting that at this point in culture that she did this because she wanted to take control of a situation. God had promised Abraham to be a blessed. But when, and, and so many times in our own lives, when things are not moving as fast as we want them or we think that they should move as fast as God thinks they should move, what do we do? We try to fix the situation. So many of us, we try to fix the situation. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agrees so what, to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with her and she conceived. Here's what happened after they took control. Chaos for centuries. And we are still reaping the, the, the amen. We still have the Arabs against the Israelites. That's, that's Ishmael and Isaac. It's the same thing. It's still going on. Here are two rules for all the men to take away from the day. Number one, don't ever sleep with a woman named Hagar. 
And number two, don't forget the first rule, amen, praise God. Don't ever, don't ever, amen, just kidding there, just kidding there. But many of us, we try to fix the situation and we lose total control. Single people, what about that? What about dating a non-Christian? Somebody that doesn't have the same faith that you have. You don't think chaos is going to come out of that? Let alone there's people in the church, amen, that don't believe like you believe. But it seems chaos. What about our finances? What about our finances? Do we trust God when the Holy Spirit leads us to give? And I was thinking about this trust in finances. Uh, I was telling a young man, my trainer at the gym, I would say, you know what, I'm trying to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me about my giving. And uh, there, was a, there was an example, uh, a lady, she lost her mother, and the Holy Spirit said, just give a card and put something in, in that card. And I, and, I, and, I, and I said, are you sure, Holy Spirit, you really want me to do this? And I did that, and I got a thank you note. And she said, because you blessed us, we were able to get my mom when she passed away. They had enough money to get her hair and her makeup done for the casket. I'm like, wow, Holy Spirit. We just trust you, God, in our finances that you work. We don't want to, we don't we want to be at a place where we can trust God and give him total control over our finances, over our work, what we're doing. Because when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we trust as that scripture trust, trusting in the Lord and submitting to him in all our ways. Don't you know the Holy Spirit will lead you and he will guide you and it will work out fine every time, every time. What about the controlling parent? Oh, yeah. What about the controlling parent? I've been there, done that. Oh, yeah, I did it. Controlled. Look at your homework. They never fail. Maybe that was me. My brothers and my sisters, they teased me. I was a favorite, amen, praise God. James Morse couldn't do, James Morse couldn't do no wrong. My sister's here. I couldn't do no wrong. They, used to, they even had a nickname for me. They called me God, amen, praise God, because, I, 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 because well, I was one of those kids I didn't want to get a whooping. I didn't, I didn't want to. Back in those days, we got whoopings. Well, I told my mama she beated us, amen, praise God. She beat us. I didn't want to get no beating, so I, I, I wanted, but, but you know, but, 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 but once again, that was me controlling the situation. When mama whipped us, she whipped all five of us at the same time. So I would push my younger brother in front of us by the sword. By the time she got to me, I'm already crying. I control, I, I control the situation. Even as a kid, I was in control. Think about that, amen. Pretty smart, huh, amen. But I was in control. Jerry got many of my whippings. That's my younger brother. Because by the time she got to me, she was already tired, amen. I control the situation. <laughs> I had to be in control. I had to be in control. So what about our kids? The Bible instructs us to train our children in the way they should go, and they will not depart. It never told us to control them, because if we control them, then uh, what happens when we let them go? It comes to a point where we have to be able to let them go. Controlling it is easy, but training takes discipline. Man, if I look back and the way I raised my kids, man, I remember military man, once again, I used to go into my kids' rooms, throw the beds open. Man, I'd throw the mattresses, and then I'd make them wash the woodwork. Amen. I ran a boot camp, amen. But then, but then I got too old, amen, praise God. My two older kids tell me, you didn't treat the two younger ones. I said, shoot, I didn't have time for that, amen. I had to lose control. I like, I submitted. I submitted. 
I lost control. Amen. Praise God. But name what you are trying to control. Name it in your life. What are you trying to control? What are you trying to control? Are you trying to control that image? Are you trying to control what people think about you? Name it. Name it. Name. What are you trying to control? What, what is James still trying to control in my life that I haven't submitted to the Holy Spirit? What am I trying to control? Kids, grown kids. Man, I got a testimony, amen. We have to let my 19-year-old go, amen. He wants to be a man. We're praying and we're crying over him. I'm just asking God, keep him from drugs, keep him out of jail. But it's time to let him go. He has to make those decisions. It's a hard thing as a parent, but I got to let him go. So Isaac can learn on his own. Let's be honest. You fill in that line on the screen. Name what you're trying to control right now in your life. That secret sin from coming out. Your habits. Your hurts. Your hang-ups. You know what it is, and the Holy Spirit does. But today, what is it? I plead, I plead today, I plead today. Choose surrender. Choose surrender. To trust God rather than choose control. And this is what happened in my life when I did this. I want to share today. I want to be open and I want to be honest with you today about choosing surrender over control. Many of you have heard part of my testimony. as I was sexually abused from the age of 4 to 12. And I had to come to a point in my life and I realized that this abuse did shape me. It controlled me. I mean, I created three identities from this. Because number one, in the church, I couldn't let nobody know because if I felt that in the church, the church that I grew up in, Pentecostal holiness, if you knew something like that, you was doomed and you was going to hell. So I created an image in the church. I had to be that perfect deacon. I had to be that perfect minister. In the Air Force, nobody could know in the Air Force, top secret clearance, military intelligence. That's my career. That's my background. So nobody could know. Nobody could know the secret. Then in my house, I created an image where I had to control. And, and, and the thing about it, I took this. I, I was sharing. I was sharing. I was sharing. You know, I, I, I wish I had been in a point in my life where I could have been open and honest because through this control, where I kind of controlled James, I hurt my wife. I hurt my kids. And even today, those relationships are still being rebuilt because I was in control. I was in control. I was in control. I was in control. But at a point in my life when I didn't want to live and I thought about killing myself, I had to go get mental health counseling. And during this session, my counselor, she looks at me and she told me, she said, James, you are as sick, sick as your secret. You are as sick as your secret. And she said, I want you to go to this group called Celebrate Recovery. And I'm like, wow, what's Celebrate Recovery? And I'm like, I, at that point in my life, I wanted to talk. I needed somebody to talk to. Because I had made a deal with God. I said, God, if you deliver me from these evil thoughts and you keep my family together, I surrender all. I mean, I was down in my basement and I said, God, I've been in church all my life. 
And I desire a relationship with you, but I've lost total control. I feel like my life doesn't matter. I feel like I'm losing everything. I had retired from the Air Force, had been injured in Afghanistan. They thought I was going to be paralyzed from the neck down. And I said, God, whatever it is, I totally surrender to you, Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, God, I want my life to be an example of your love, your grace and forgiveness. And I mean down in my basement of 4601 Angershire Court, Waldorf, Maryland. I said, God, here it is. I surrender. And when I got through talking to my counselor that day, I was free. Amen. I was totally free. But the pain was still there, so I went to celebrate recovery. I said, I just want to talk. I just want to share with somebody else. So the night, the first night I went to celebrate recovery, they had, they had a, a group, if it was your first time sharing or the first time that night there, you met separately. And guess what? I was the only first time visitor that night. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So everybody else had broken off into their small groups. And so I was in there. I said, I need to talk to somebody tonight because I'm free. I don't surrender to everything. I just need to talk to somebody. I'm free because I have surrendered. I mean, I mean, it was instant. I had surrendered it all to the Holy Spirit. And so as, as I begin to share about my abuse and the pain and the thing, a, young, a gentleman, he was about 65 years old, he just grabbed my hands and we begin to pray and we begin to cry. And he looks at me, he said, James, you won't believe it. I went through the same very thing that you did as a young man. And I'm a living witness of what God can do to your life because I had surrendered. And then I had lost control. And so that fear was not able to control me anymore. It couldn't control me anymore. I was free and I had surrendered everything to God. So I had surrendered. I had surrendered everything to God. But what will it take us to continue to surrender? What will it take you? What will it take you to do to surrender everything to God? See, I was afraid of what people would think of me. I was afraid that somebody would think I was gay. I was afraid that the Air Force would kick me out. I was afraid of all that. But at that point, nothing else mattered. I had surrendered everything to God. So I have three questions for you that will help you choose surrender over control. The first question is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth your concern? Is it worth your concern? You got to pick your battles. Certain things, you just got to let it go. You just got to let it go. You just got to let it go. You know, and I begin to think, God, how do you let it go without the grace and mercy of the Holy Spirit? How can we let it go without the grace and the mercy of the Holy Spirit? Maybe it's the trash in the car. Oh, yeah, man. I told my wife, man, you got to get another car because I can't stand the trash in the car. Amen. With four little kids, she said, how do you expect the car to stay clean? Amen. Praise God. At that point. Maybe it's the handprints on the windows. Has the remote. That dish in the sink. Once again, that toothpaste not being squeezed right. That's the first question. The second, the second question is, is it mine to control? If it is, do something about it. Surrendering control is not the same thing as relinquishing responsibility. It was my responsibility to provide for my family. I couldn't just relinquish that control. 
Some things God won't do for you. I had to make it right with my family. I had to make it right with my wife. I had to make it right because that was part of my responsibility. I couldn't continue to blame the abuse. I had to accept the actions of my own, the things that I had, the responsibility for my own actions. I could no longer let fear control me. And the way we take control is that then we put Jesus, or then taking control is by putting Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus has to be at the center of it all. And then the last question is, is it for God alone? Is it for God alone? There's a scripture that says, coming out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. When you try to control or when we try to control what we can't, we become anxious. I mean, I, I spent years trying to control this image of this perfect soldier, this perfect husband, this perfect minister. But until I gave it to God is when I truly found peace. So whatever you're trying to control, if you're anxious about it, just give it to God, and I'm a living witness that you can find peace. Can you change your spouse? How many of y'all tried? I've tried, amen, praise God. Me and my wife came to, I might as well leave her alone, and Holy Spirit, you do it, because... Let me tell you, because the way she does her closet and the way I do my closet, all my pants are on the same kind of hangers, all my shirts are on the same, and she just got things thrown over here, thing over there. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, help me. I can't, I can't change her. I can't change her. And then she told, she wrote a book, my wife wrote a book about God has needs too, and she said, you know what, James, you inspired me because I figured it out. I can't change you. But I trust that the Holy Spirit can and he will and he did. Can you heal that loved one? God can. Amen. Somebody may be dealing with sickness, cancer. Amen. Can you control the kid's future? Nope, but God can. That's the reason I said I turned my son Isaac over to the Lord. God, you got him. That doesn't mean I don't stop praying for him. God, you got him. If he wants to be in that relationship, he don't want to li listen to me. Actually, Merlin told him at the age of 17 he didn't have to. Amen. Merlin told me he's 17 years old. He can do what he want to do. I said, well, not in my house he can't. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I still love him. I still love him. Still pray for him and still care for him. Amen. I can tell some of someone that you are trying to control something, but the only way we can overcome this thing that is blocking us for surrendering is truly trusting the Lord with all of our heart and leaning not unto our own understanding. And in all of our ways, Acknowledging him in everything that we do. So the big idea for today is simply this. If you missed anything else, I want you to just to lean forward. Lean forward. Put a hand over your ear and listen to me. Tweet this out. Go live on Facebook. Amen. Praise God. Tweet it out. Go live on Facebook. Text it to a friend. Listen to this. When you follow Jesus, you aren't in control. Amen. Yeah. 
So how many Christ followers do we have today? How many of y'all truly have accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior? And you know what? Listen, all right, I'm not used to sitting down. 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 Thank you. Listen, as I was going over these notes, I mean it. I mean, I was sitting at my computer, and the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, you know what? Many of us have accepted him as our Savior. Right? How many, of you, how many of us have accepted him as our Savior? But how many of us, James included, has really accepted him as our Lord? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we like the sign, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. We've accepted him as our Savior, but how many of us have really accepted him as our Lord? Because, see, when he's our Lord, we know we're not in control. Same way, Mr. Carson, downtown Abbey, you know, Lord Grantham was his Lord, so he just couldn't do anything. Same way with us, when we surrender to him, amen, many of us have accepted him as our Lord. Many of us have accepted him as our Lord. So let's wrap it up. So if you're here today and you're dealing with control, have you ever gave the thought to what it might look like to give complete control over to someone who will never hurt you. How many of y'all have been hurt? Come on, let, let, how many of us have been hurt? How many of us have been ashamed of some of the things that we've done? But how many of y'all know that Jesus will never hurt you? Never hurt you. I was sharing part of, part of part, me and my family, let me tell you, y'all, you're talking about family, Lord, Jesus, amen. If I could just tell you some of the things. I was sharing with a couple yesterday. My wife, you know, uh, before we got married, she had two kids. She had the privilege to give up and, and have an abortion, but she chose life. And now this 32-year-old, my son, Brandon, he's been in the Air Force for 12 years, 32 years old, doing a great career. What if she had chosen to give him up? No, she surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Some of you have some huge scars in life that cause you to buckle or to turn away just because I mentioned the word surrender. Because you're a fighter, you don't have to fight anymore. Jesus wants to fight for you. And the thing about Jesus, how many of y'all know he's our high priest? He's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He knows the pain that you've been through. He wants you to allow him to lead you the way so you can enjoy his way. Why? Because life is better with Jesus. Can I get a witness? Life is, now, is life easier with Jesus? No, but it's better. Because see, in the midst of us surrendering and losing that control, he's right there with arms open wide. And what is the greatest? How many of y'all know one of the greatest signs of surrender? What is it? What is it? What is it? All right, so if the cops ask you to surrender, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What, 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 what do you do? Now, I've never had that experience. <laughs> no, no. How, how many of y'all had that experience? How many of y'all had that experience? Now, now as, a, as a first sergeant in the Air Force, now, I had a card that you, that you used to carry on me. You have a right to remain silent. Because, we'll see, if an airman came into my office and they said something to criminal, the only thing I had to do was hand out the card. You have a right to remain silent. Lift up those hands. And for us, surrender, surrender is nothing but here I am, Lord, I worship you. I surrender my hands. I worship you. I worship you. I surrender. I give you total control. 
over every aspect of my life. Amen. Because life is better with Jesus. Let's pray.